This is Breaking Bread with Brilliant Babes. I'm your host, Tatiana Jimenez. We're recording today from my tiny apartment in San Francisco, and I'm joined remotely by our guest, Therese Lee. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi, Therese. Thanks so much for being on the show. Therese is a therapist and spiritual coach who works in Los Angeles, but will soon be expanding her client base to include Orange County. For any first-time listeners out there, our purpose is to shed some light on everyday people doing brilliant things. I invite them into my home, cook a meal, and then we eat together and chat about their careers and how they got where they are today. Today, solo, I am enjoying a spring vodka soda. Well, Therese, can you start by telling us a little about what you're doing currently and your career history up until this point? Okay, so right now what I am doing is I am a marriage family therapist in LA, and I see clients. And aside from that, I also do spiritual coaching. And how I got into it was I've always been fascinated about psychology. And growing up, people tend to talk to me on buses and tell me their entire life story, and I didn't know why. And so what I did was, you know, college and then I got my master's. Um, And when I got my master's, I decided that I wanted to work with people one on one. Mm -hmm. Also, within that, at that time, I was also experiencing a lot of spiritual things. Mm -hmm. So when I say spiritual, though, um, it can be we can change that word to non-normal experiences Mm -hmm. right and and down the line I realized and recognized that it was spiritual experiences and one of the reasons why I wanted to go into to counseling is because I wanted to learn a way to help people at the same time understand more of the encounters I had spiritually Mm -hmm. and how to integrate that that's amazing. So I, I imagine the latter portion, the non-psychology portion, you didn't learn in college. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. You're 100% correct. I did not learn it in college. Yeah. Um, it was, I felt like I was thrown into it. Mm-hmm. it. And I had to learn it every day that as I'm breathing. Like It just mm-hmm. happened. And I had to, I either had to understand and learn it or allow it to take me over. Yeah, I learned it the hard way, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I I mean, I imagine we'll probably get more into that part of your story. Maybe when you talk about your mentor, I imagine there was like, (laughs) some kind of mentor who helped you through it. But that's really amazing that you, you know, you have these like two things, and they like meld so well together. So I think you had mentioned previously when we spoke that you are getting ready to graduate with your MFT. Is that yeah? MF yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, in your experience, beyond just existing in the world and probably you know encountering people who um, you maybe naturally gravitate towards or who gravitate towards you, like have you had a lot of clients with these needs? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So. So, so right now I'm an associate, so I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm almost done and hopefully getting licensed soon. What's really interesting is, you know, when, when I get scheduled clients, they just schedule it based on my availability. So my mm-hmm. availability, 
availability fits there. So then they become my client. Mm -hmm. And as we're working, whatever they come in with, it is my practice not to bring up spirituality in, in my therapy sessions. Okay. Because I still respect and believe that, you know, people are in different places and states. Mm-hmm. What's really interesting is down the line, they start bringing up a lot of things in the room. And mm-hmm. so it's great to be able to process it with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And also, it just makes me think of so like full full disclosure, we both know Tracy, who was on the yeah. podcast. And I know that with Tracy and the work that she does, I believe that, you know, with um, therapy and counseling, there's an advertising component, like you have to advertise who you work with. And she, you know, specifically works with like the LGBTQ community. And she might be focused on something else now. But you know, a year ago, that was her focus. And so is that something that, you know, you'll maybe advertise like in psychology today like with your profile yes absolutely so right now um, on my bio I basically so I do work with different ranges of depression anxiety but I do um, put on there that I do specialize in spirituality and helping people integrate that in their everyday life Mm -hmm. and what that looks like so it is something that I do feel like I have a solid grasp on yeah so I do offer that. So I think if, if, the, if you're, I think what I'm hearing you ask me is this, like what population would be um, something that I would say I'm an expert in the field in, and I think that would be it. Yeah. And then also, yeah, I was just trying to make sure that like the people who are maybe having these types of experiences and want to talk about them know that you are the person to go to. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I'm a marketing person, so I'm like all about marketing. <laughs> I'm like, are you advertising yourself properly? <laughs> I love that question. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Okay, so I guess the next question that we have is when was the moment you felt that you broke into your industry or role or like this specific thing that you're doing? I think I felt it that moment came when the people that I helped. Mm-hmm. So I kept, I'm going to answer it more for this, the spiritual coaching part. Sure. Um, that moment was when the people I helped was actively trying to get me um, out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment where I had to step back and recognize what is it that they're telling me? Because when I used to help people or share, because I always use like, I'm going to offer something and this I'm offering it, putting on the table and it's up to you if you would like it mm-hmm. to take it. And, and, you know, it's something that I just shared mm-hmm. with people that is around me. And I didn't understand the value of what I was giving them mm-hmm. until I got that feedback and, and them letting me know that there are more people out there that I can reach. So I think that was the breaking point. Yeah. And for the for the listeners, can you be more specific about these things that you felt that you would want to offer to people? Are these like messages from, you know, maybe like the spiritual or, you know, paranormal world or just like maybe other um, other 
things that you are, I don't know what the words are that you're like, you're like reading from them. I'm not, I'm not sure. So can I, can I give an example? Yes. Yeah. So an example would be, um, somebody experiencing, uh, like maybe sensing things or, you know, they go into two rooms and they hear things Mm -hmm. or people, you know, certain types of people are drawn to them and they don't understand why. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or even to, you know, even people who feel physical body pains Mm -hmm. and have, you know, maybe vivid dreams and they've had, they've gone to doctors and medical doctors and the doctors can't tell them what's wrong. So it really varies. So Mm -hmm. the, so I'm, those are the people that I've been able to help in a sense of making sense to why these things are happening mm-hmm. and what can they do to either decrease it or see, I think what, how to answer, how to answer your question is this, is that if you give people the knowledge of what is going on, then they have the power and the ability to change and shift it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very and cool. so, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think really what I'm doing is how helping people integrate spiritual experiences and encounters Mm -hmm. and then really help them integrate in their daily life. I know that you probably can't talk about like specific clients because you have like client confidentiality, but, and maybe this part of the episode is not the time to share like a more like vivid example, like, And I don't know if you even can, but I think it'd be interesting to hear maybe like a specific story about someone. So I can give a more concrete example and Mm -hmm. I'm going to use somebody who has given me consent to share part of her story. Okay. I have been working with this specific client and I was given consent to, to share a part of her experience Mm -hmm. with me. And, and her journey. So this particular person has been experiencing vivid dreams ever since she was young. And one of the things that she feared the most was possession. Because a lot of her dreams sometimes feel like something is trying to get in her body. Mm-hmm. Right. And a part, so one, that a part of the work that we did was how do you then protect yourself when you're in a sleeping state, right? So that's one part. And it crosses the border into her real life because of this fear of possession. What's really interesting is is that in her daily life, she doesn't trust. And Mm. she she doesn't fully trust certain people. Mm -hmm. Again, if, if you look at it, the parallel is like, taking being taken over right she has her own gifts that is manifesting through the dreams as well but one of the things that we did was then how does she protect herself in that state and then understand the dreams that are coming into her mind during those times and being able to distinguish between a spirit or an energy in the room with her when she's having the dream or she's just having a dream Right. Mm-hmm. Because we can it, it, it goes deeper than that, because sometimes mm-hmm. as we're humans. We're going to get just normal dreams. Right. Yes. But how yes. do you distinguish a nightmare that's just scary 
mm-hmm. and an actual dream that there's something there. Mm-hmm. That's so, so, yeah, that's so interesting. And it like, I feel like it draws parallels with anxiety. Like are, are the thoughts that are taking over, are they, are they real? Like, are they real fears or is it just something that, you know, you're ruminating over that's not actually going to happen? Um, yes. That's really interesting. That just made me think of that. And I think a big part of this work and, and what I'm really trying to send out there is, is that there is a spiritual part, but we also need to really understand how much is it is the spiritual part and how much is it is that just us? Mm-hmm. And like and and because this conversation is not out there people don't know what that looks like exactly and also like in order to know what that looks like do you need to be in touch with someone who has these special gifts that maybe not all of us are tapped into and is that difficult if you do not have those gifts or are not sensitive to those things to like identify like would she be able to identify you know, whether or not there was like a spiritual presence when she's having those dreams, if she did not have those gifts that she has? I think you can. Mm -hmm. The, I think everyone can. The only issue that we hit and all of us hit and I've hit Mm -hmm. is fear. It's scary. It's absolutely scary. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when things happen, it's like, do you look at it or do you just like, "Eh," right? It's scary. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's easier when you can connect with somebody that has had the experience and can tell you, help you understand what's going on and help you differentiate mm-hmm. those things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great segue for our next question, which is, <laughs> and thank you so much for sharing that example. But the next question is, did you have a mentor and are you a mentor to others? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I- I do have a mentor. I met her at a really bad time in my life, and I call her my spiritual mom. She takes care of me. She rocked me spiritually, and (laughs) I've I've, um, learned a lot from her, and with her, too, she, you know, I felt it took away the fear. Mm -hmm. She helped me be able to walk forward because I knew she was there. But definitely, um, she's helped me recognize my own gifts and help me through the hard times when things were hard. Is she also like a spiritual coach and therapist or is she in a different line of work? She's in a different line of work. Okay. So she has her own sets, set of gifts that she does. She does help people as well. Mm-hmm. So she primarily does more spiritual work. Mm-hmm. And she was the one who actually helped me label and identify certain things that I was going through. Mm-hmm. But the way that she helps people is different than okay. how I'm doing it now. Okay. Is it right. more like natural healing? So this is exactly what she does, right? Mm-hmm. So people come to her and then they, they she figures out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And what she does is she, she does work to help them go through these things so she does like kind of like what you're saying right Mm -hmm. like with crystals and all that stuff but Mm -hmm. she does the work and okay um so she basically go to her and then she'll she'll do the work and then you tell her if it's like you feel a little bit better you don't so it's a little bit different because because 
the way I do it is I actually help people access those things. Mm -hmm. But what she taught me and how she mentored me was what I needed at that time. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. So I think you mentioned before that you kind of, um, you've kind of recognized that you've had these gifts since you were a kid, but you didn't tap into them really until you met with her and you were like in college. Is that right? Okay. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Wow. So up until college, you didn't really know anyone else who was experiencing the same thing as you? Um, so certain things like run in my family, Mm -hmm. but it looks different. So I kind of just accepted it as norm, Mm. right? This is normal. Mm -hmm. And, and to be specific, what I used to encounter when I was younger was, Kind of like Sixth Sense, you know, the movie, like Sixth Sense. I don't mm-hmm. see them, mm-hmm. but I would go to a room or a house or a place and I can sense where the spirit is. I can tell you the sex. I can tell you the gender. Wow. Um, they would try to connect with me. I don't see them because at that time I was scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I was scared. It was, it was, it was scary, yeah. you know, with what is this? But it was something that was normal in my family, like, my parents could sense things and they talked about it. Like, that's okay. You know, they, mm-hmm. they didn't build, they didn't minimize it, but they didn't have a big reaction either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all I thought was like, Hey, I'm a sensitive. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't know that there was more to that. Uh huh. Yeah. And I'm glad you got over the, the being scared part. Cause I imagine that is really scary. And I know I told you on my, on our previous call, just getting to know each other that like, my family and I have had some paranormal experiences, but yeah, just to us, we're like, yeah, we think that like ghosts maybe exist. And so these things kind of happen. And we're like, okay, that was a, that was an interesting day when that thing happened. So, but, um, it sounds like your experience was a little more intense than that. (laughs) So, but it it sounds similar, right. To, Mm -hmm. to your experiences at home where it's like, okay, you know, it's, Something happened, and that was a little bit weird, but mm-hmm. okay. Right. Yeah, but it, like, it kind of makes sense sometimes, mm-hmm. so. Well, what was your biggest career obstacle so far slash shittiest moment? I think the biggest obstacle that I've continuously faced um, mm-hmm. is myself Mm. right and it's really not believing in what I can do and I think this is more me you know what I'm gonna be honest it's me all over the board because even Mm -hmm. as a therapist you know my supervisors and people higher up that I've worked with or even clients have let me know that you know I I have the tools and I am helping but Mm -hmm. there was that one piece of it that's like I didn't believe And so when it comes to the coaching part, that was my biggest obstacle was really believing in, you know, the the set skills and the tools that I've gained from my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the biggest obstacle. Shittiest moment? So many. (laughs) (laughs) So many shittiest moments, right? I think one of the shittiest moments that I would like to share is when I felt like the entire universe was like just not working out for me. And, you know, I wonder if a lot of other people feel that way where it's like, 
things weren't manifesting the way I wanted it to be. Um, and things, it, it just felt like however much I walked forward, a lot of things or obstacles would stop it. Right. And in that moment, also being a spiritual person, it's like, well, how do I deal with this? Mm-hmm. So that was a shitty moment because I was like, yeah. well, I don't know what to do. And I think what helped me move forward was recognizing that I needed to learn to be patient. Mm. Yeah. It's a good lesson for everybody. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess opposite of that, what was your biggest opportunity slash best moment? I think my best, so therapy wise, as a therapist, it was starting to work with people one on one. And it it was one of the best moments because being allowed and um, welcomed into somebody's private and personal space mm. is such so honoring. And that was one of a beautiful moment and to see their growth. Mm-hmm. Is definitely, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's. It seems like you're in a really. Re- you can be in a very rewarding field, but also like a very heavy one too. Um, but yeah, that's that's really great. Well, on this show, I also like to highlight what I call hidden talents. So things that are significant to our lives that we might not add to our resumes or are necessarily work-related. And for those heavier moments in your career, I think that your (laughs) hidden talent or interest is like perfect. So basically, Therese works in the theater world with kids who are deaf or hard of hearing to put on productions. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. So I've been... Uh, affiliated with a nonprofit called No Limits, and it's a nonprofit for deaf and hard of hearing children. And in the summer, um, they produce productions um, to get them on stage. And it's so beautiful and rewarding to see these children who suddenly find their confidence, right? Because mm-hmm. all of them have uh, hearing aids and cochlear implants, so they are in speech therapy, also with No Limits. And so What we do with these theater shows is we help them build their confidence and perseverance is what we teach them, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. you practice and you learn your lines and you get on stage and, you know, uh, the performances are so beautiful because when they first come in, they're so shy. Mm -hmm. They don't want to, you know, say their lines and then they just the confidence just blooms throughout Mm -hmm. and it's, it's wonderful so yeah that's what I do that's awesome how long how long have you been working with uh no limits I've been working with them for about 13 14 years oh my gosh that's a long time and then are they located in LA somewhere yes they are located in Culver City and they also have a location in Oxnard nice well, that's great. Is it like um, is it like a summer camp kind of situation, or does it happen year round? So it is. They do have a learning center year round, mm. and you know it's it's nonprofit, so a lot of parents don't have to pay anything for like really wow. good speech therapy and mm-hmm. parenting classes. But the theater group is usually in the summer. Cool. Well, how fun. That's really great. How did you like kind of uh, stumble upon this organization? Is there someone in your family who maybe um, is hard of hearing or deaf? Is that how you kind of like came across it? 
Yes. So my okay. sister is actually deaf and hard of hearing, okay. and she started in the the very first production of this nonprofit. Whoa! And yeah, <laughs> so I started volunteering, and cool. then that was it. So I've been a part of that part of that organization for a while. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure they love having you there. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now we're going to dive into the listener question portion of the episode, and we have a couple for you today. So the first listener question is, what advice do you have for someone who is skeptical about spiritual work? Which that's kind of a tricky question, I think. Right. It is is a tricky question, but but I think the only advice I have is to be open Mm. because you know, when, when somebody's skeptical, it's kind of like, I don't know if I believe that, but I'm kind of curious, but I don't know, right? There's kind of yeah. like a half-half thing. Mm-hmm. And my only advice is to be open because I think spiritual work looks very different from very many people. And at the end of the day, it's what they define as spiritual. Mm-hmm. But to keep an open mind because there's so much to discover about it and about themselves. I think mm-hmm. if we think about it, right, mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. But there are people who don't believe in that spirit part. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So my only advice is to just keep open. You don't have to say you believe it or say you don't believe it, but be open. It's kind of like, and I think being skeptical is actually a really good thing because then you can stop and think and make the decision for yourself if it's something that you it resonates with you or not. Yeah. Because, you know, there's, there's many, you know, you don't want to get tricked into something that may not be helpful. Mm -hmm. So being skeptical is good. I, my advice is to just be open. See, see, see what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. The next listener question we have is being that you are so connected with vibes and feelings, is it ever overwhelming or exhausting? Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And especially in the beginning of it, it did get a lot more overwhelming and exhausting because I didn't know, one, how to stop it, and two, how to kind of balance it. Mm -hmm. And, And what I've learned to do is I needed to take care of myself. I needed to learn different things to help protect the energy and also some meditations that I do to let go of things. So that it doesn't get overwhelming. But to answer your question, yes, it does absolutely get overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like not to make light of it or anything, but it just makes me think of actual living human beings in life who are energy vampires. And I imagine it's kind of similar to that sometimes. And it's just like you just need a break. You just need to be by yourself for a while and recharge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 you know, it happens because you know, there's also a reason why there's people that are energy vampires cuz they can't generate their own. They they can't so, generate their own energy? Wait, what do you mean? So it's kind of like sometimes when they they are energy, they can't, they have their own energy, but they can't do for themselves what other people can do for them. That's mm. why they're sucking your energy. Yeah. Right. So they can't, yeah. they can't do that 
chart for themselves. So mm-hmm. it's it's exhausting, but yeah. Yes, that is very similar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, the next question that we have is a very specific one. This one's from Caitlin. So basically, a little bit of the backstory for the listeners is I met with Therese, and I was just sharing some of my personal experiences with, um, you know, like the spiritual world, I guess. And (laughs) I guess there's a correlation, and... Therese shared with me that I have a spirit guide who is male. And so then I told Caitlin about this and she decided to name him Bob. So her question is, does Tatiana's spirit guide have a good sense of humor about being called Bob? So so this is how I'm going to answer it. I actually can see Bob's reaction. And this is what he's, so he's crossing his arms and he's, you know, very stern faced, but he's nodding. (laughs) Like this, <laughs> so I think that's yes. Okay, cool. I think he, does a, he does have a sense of humor about it. it the, the feeling I'm getting is like, yes. Okay, she's acknowledging that I'm here and I have a name, so it's a, it's good. So she awesome. he's okay with it. Cool. I'm glad he has a sense of humor because I watch a lot of comedy. So if he doesn't, <laughs> he would be really bored. Um. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> um. Well, cool. Well, uh, thank you for answering that question. <laughs> and then the, the last listener question that we have that we ask everyone is, if you weren't working in your current role, what other types of work would you be interested in? I think I would be, and this is like so out there, but I would be interested in the theater world, like the, the nice. being in, on stage. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. I did theater in, in high school, and I think the theater world definitely mm-hmm. probably not good at it but I, it's something if I could right if I could then it'd yeah. probably be for sure yeah in my episode I talked about how I, how I wanted to be a spy so you could be anything that you want to be <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> that is so awesome yeah I am like totally yeah I <laughs> I like I secretly want to be a spy, but now that I've said it on a couple episodes, I'm like, if I were to ever become a spy and people like Googled me, <laughs> my cover would be blown. <laughs> so. I know. It's like, oh, she wanted to be a spy. Hmm. <laughs> so a question I like to ask all of my guests is what are you looking forward to this week? I am looking forward to just spending some time with uh, friends and some family. I Yeah, that, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Cool. That's great. Well, Therese, do you have anything that you would like to plug or resources you would like to share with listeners? Yes, definitely. So I will plug my website. It's www.intuitiveprescriptions.com. It is not, it's, it's, done and you can message me there or you know if you have any questions ask questions there it will be fully up um hopefully by next weekend and you know if if anybody has questions or want to know more about what I do please feel free to go to that website cool yeah so we'll link to the website on our on your episode page and then are you on like social media or anything that we should know about so I'm also on Instagram and uh my handle is the same intuitive prescriptions. So you can find me there. Awesome. All right. Well, Therese, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was so fun. 
thank you for inviting me. I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And thank you for being so open and sharing so much with us about what you do and your experiences. Well, to learn more about Teresa's work and other topics we've covered on this episode, head over to our website, brilliantbabespodcast.com, where you can also listen to previous episodes, check out our event calendar, and get the recipes for the dishes we make for each episode. Today's recipe was spring vodka soda. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and stay tuned for episodes every other Tuesday. Take care, everyone.